continue on, um, pressing forward in our, in our sermon series, looking at Paul's letter to the Roman church that we call Dear Church. So I invite you to open your hearts and your minds to our scripture reading this morning. This morning's scripture passage comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. Listen for God's word. I believe that the present suffering is nothing compared to the coming glory that is going to be revealed to us. The whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice. It was the choice of the one who subjected it, but in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now, and it's not the, only the creation. We ourselves who have the spirit as the first crop of the harvest also groan inside as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. We were saved in hope. If we see what we hope for that isn't hope, who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads our case with unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks, because he pleads for the saint, <laughs> consistent with God's will. We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, can you say thanks be to God? Thanks be to God. So I, I still remember them telling us in our first-time parents' childbirthing class that groaning was important and okay. Your wife will make some crazy sounds, or she might, they said, but it's important that she groans because it means that she's in tune with her body and that it, it relaxes through the pain. Uh, it means it's sooner that she'll get to deliver the baby. Allowing yourself to, to let go and to make your body naturally make, they said, during labor is helpful in alleviating the pain and, and, progressing, um, and progressing your labor. It's much better than holding your, your fists or clenching your jaw. Um, holding your breath, holding tension in your body. Don't worry about people hearing it, they said. Don't worry about that. Doctors and, and the nurses, they, they understand. In other words, although not an intelligible language, groaning was not unproductive at all. In fact, it actually drew the process of childbirth along. Groaning comes from a, a deeper place than words. Gr groaning is deeper than words could ever be. Groaning is the sound of deep pain or grief. It's the sound of annoyance or fatigue. I'm, I'm not talking about the kind of groaning that you make when your uncle or your dad tells a corny joke. I, I'm, I'm talking about the, the guttural sound that means things are not okay. Things are not as they should be. And I'm inhabiting this pain, this sorrow, not running from it, while at the same time hoping for something redemptive to emerge from it. When someone groans, you know they've moved beyond the ability simply to articulate with words what 
is going on. I'm pretty sure there's probably been a lot of groaning from a lot of people lately. People everywhere. There have been moments over the past months, even this week, where all I could do and all I felt like doing was groaning or or sighing deeply. I remember Lauren asking me to pray uh, one night uh, when we were laying in in bed. And and I remember thinking to myself, God, I, I just don't have it in me tonight. I just don't. I don't have the words, can't find the words tonight. Have you groaned lately out of a sense of pain or loss, frustration, pure fatigue or anxiety? Have you struggled to put into words to God what you are thinking and what you are experiencing? There's been collective groans because of the virus and the pain and the havoc that it has wrecked. Month after month with, with, no, with no end in sight. There's been groaning from teachers and parents and school leaders. Groaning from doctors and nurses working tirelessly. There's been deep groaning and sighs from communities of color and their allies in the pain of racial inequity and injustice. Sometimes groaning is all we can manage. And it's okay. Sometimes groaning is what we need to hear. Sometimes it's all we can do when we pray. Because as Paul reminds us in today's portion of his letter to the church in Rome, Dear church, God hears and understands our groans. And more than that, God groans too. There are a lot of groans in our scripture passage today. Chapter 8 begins with this beautiful, amazing promise that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then ends with another beautiful and amazing promise that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And in between those two amazing, beautiful promises are groans. Almost like we can't bypass them, like we shouldn't bypass them, that even God doesn't bypass them. Paul tells us that there are are three groans. In verse 22, Paul writes, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. All creation has been groaning. God's work of, of bringing about a new creation through the death and resurrection of Jesus isn't just for individual souls. It is for the world, all of creation. For God so loved the world beyond just ourselves, the world groans as it exists in that that in-between place, right, of that in-between place of rescuing and the rescuing, renewing work that God has already done and what yet is to come and to be. And when humanity fell into sin, somehow the created order experienced the consequences of that too. Even creation itself is not untainted by pain. All around us, it's like we observe a, a pregnant creation where the difficult times of pain throughout the world are like the birth pangs. In Genesis, we're told that when Cain killed Abel, that God heard Abel's blood crying out from the ground. Why? Because God hears, understands, groaning. Creation's groans, the world's groans aren't meaningless or, or unheard because the world is giving birth to a new version of itself and the, gro- and the groaning reaches the ears of the one who, who created it and is still creating, the one who loved it and who still loves it. So the question isn't whether God hears and understands the groans. The question is, do we hear the groans around us from the world and the people that God so loves? 
are the cries that surround us at home, at work, in the community, in the nation? What are the groans that make you want to run away? What are the groans that, that draw you in, that, that cause you to groan too? According to one biographer, Desmond Tutu was on a silent retreat in May of 1976. His emotions were in turmoil. Uh, things were on the boiling point in South Africa. While sitting quietly in a room, the groans of, the, of oppressed people pierced his heart, and he felt called to write to the then president of South Africa. In his letter, he pleaded with the president to do something because he had this growing fear. He had this growing fear that unless something drastic was done, that bloodshed and violence were going to happen in South Africa. His letter was just categorically dismissed. But unfortunately, he ended up being right. It was in praying and in listening that he heard the groans of an entire nation. Friends, our, our nation, our world is groaning. God hears it. God understands it. What, what do we hear? What about us? This is important, you see, because the next voice that groans is our voice, the voice of God's beloved people. Paul writes, and it's not only the creation that groans, we ourselves, who have the Spirit as the first crop of the harvest, groan inwardly as we await to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. The world is groaning with the pangs of new creation. We, the church, share in this too. And so we groan also in that already but not yet space that we too inhabit. And it really is this, this great tension. On the one hand, we, we have the Spirit living in us, making us alive in Christ. We have the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God in our hearts, joy at being God's children, joy at having our sins forgiven, the hope of resurrection and eternal life. Jesus has made all of this possible. We, we also hope in what one day will come to pass when God wipes away every tear from every eye when pain and sorrow and death are no more. And yet, we groan. We still groan because we sit in the meantime, in between space of what God has begun and not yet finished. And because all is not as it should be in us and in our world, things happen in our lives and we find ourselves only being able to groan. We're hurt, we're trapped, we feel guilty, we're in pain. All we can muster, perhaps all we should muster is a groan. Where we utter without words from our deepest part, this is not okay. This is not as it should be. And I long for you, God, to redeem it. Each and every person, including ourselves, sits next to a pool of tears. We could be groaning for any number of reasons. Maybe you're groaning because you're, you're missing a loved one so much. Uh, you, you haven't been able to see them because of the, the virus. Maybe you're groaning because your marriage is in trouble and right now you just can't see a way forward. Maybe you're groaning because your job, you've lost your job or your job is in jeopardy and, and you don't know what the next step is going to be. Maybe you're groaning because your body or your mind is in pain and you can't find relief. Maybe you're groaning because of guilt you feel for something you did. Maybe you're groaning because of the pain you see being inflicted on others. Maybe you're groaning at injustice. Maybe you're groaning because 
God seems so far away and you don't know where to find God. We can share these groans with God and know that they're heard. You see, under the surface of Paul acknowledging that we groan as God's people is the belief that God hears. A primary fundamental understanding of God's character is based on that truth. When God's people are held in bondage as slaves in Egypt, Scripture tells us that the Israelites were groaning because of their work and their slavery. They cried out and their, and their cry to be rescued from the slavery rose up to God. God heard their cry of grief and God remembered God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked at the Israelites, God heard, and God understood. Then later when God speaks to Moses out of the burning bush, God says, I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know about their pain. The Psalms are full of groans. Psalm 5, hear my words, O Lord, consider my groans. Psalm 6, I'm worn out from groaning every night. I drench my bed with my tears. Psalm 12, but the Lord says, because the poor are oppressed, because of the groans of the needy, I'm now standing up. I will give them the help that they are gasping for. God has a history of hearing and understanding our groanings. For God, you see, it's deep calling out to deep. So it's okay not to just run away and pretend everything is all right, even in the midst of, of prayer. God knows, God hears, God understands the groaning. And more than that, God groans too. That's the final voice. Fortunately for us, even when we're groaning, even when we can't find the words to pray, even when we don't know what to pray for or what to feel, even when we grow tired, tired in the waiting. The Spirit groans with us and for us. Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads our case with unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks because he pleads with the saints, consistent with God's will. Did you get that? The Spirit's own self intercedes within us right at the point where we, faced with the pain or the misery in us or in the world, find there are no words to express the deep sense of helplessness and longing for God to make things right. And there, there in that moment, imagine God, the one we know is not removed from our pain nor indifferent to our sorrow, searching the deep, dark corners of our hearts with the light of God's love. Imagine God searching until God hears the groaning of God's own spirit. There, expressing our deepest hurts, pains, prayers that go beyond words or our ability to articulate them. Imagine the spirit assuming our groaning with groans of her own, speaking God's language of love as if to say, when, when, when you're hurting or in pain or frustrated, we're exhausted, I am too, and I am with you. The Spirit who doesn't show, who, the Spirit who shows that God doesn't stand apart from our groans, but stands in them. That Spirit representing us before God. Now this goes far, far beyond human understanding or knowing, but not beyond the one who searches hearts. 
not beyond the searcher of hearts. This is, a, this is prayer beyond prayer, more than just a, a, a nighttime, bedtime ritual. This is a 24-hour open communication channel through the Holy Spirit from our hearts to the heart of God. Because God knows what it is to groan too. It's in Mark's gospel. Some people brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and who could hardly speak. And they begged Jesus to, to place his hands on the man for healing. Jesus took him away from the crowd by himself. And Jesus put his hand in his ears and then he, he spit and touched the man's tongue. And then get this. Looking up into heaven, Jesus groaned deeply and said, be opened. At once the man's ears opened, his twisted tongue was released and he began to speak. See, when Jesus saw things not as they should be, when he sees this man in pain, he groans with him and for him. When Jesus is in the garden near the end of his life, he spends his last hours groaning in prayer, asking God if there was another way, yet not my will be done, but yours. Then on the cross, Jesus, God the Son, groans as he's held there by the love of God for the world while bearing the weight of our sin on his shoulders. And he groans as if to say, things are not as they should be. I'm hurting and the world is hurting, but that's why I'm here doing something about it. The one who, who groaned healing the man who was deaf. The one who groaned in the garden as he thought about what was coming next. The one who groaned from the cross is the one who put his spirit in our hearts. And so, of course, this same spirit would groan with us and for us, speaking the language of God. God, the spirit who shares in the groaning of creation in our creation, and who shares in the groaning of creation and in our groaning, is calling out to God the Creator, the groans of the Son. God the Spirit is calling out to God the Creator, the groans of God the Son. God hears and understands our groaning because God groans too. I told you, I, I remember them telling them it was, it's okay. It would be okay if there was groaning during childbirth. Now, Romans is not a, uh, a childbirth manual or class, although you could make an argument that today's passage is actually pretty close. Paul may be more of a doula than we realize. Church groaning is important and okay. Groaning means we're in tune with ourselves and the world around us, and it helps us communicate the pain, the sorrow, the frustration, and, and deliver it to God. And don't worry about God hearing it or, or understanding it. God does, and God will groan with you. Because, friends, when we, when we open up ourselves to the pain of our world, to our own pain too, we will at some point come to the end of words. We will come to groans. And we would do well to pay more attention to the groans than to coming up with the right words to say. Because the good news, the good news is that in those moments when we do not know how or what to pray, the Spirit of God is doing the praying that we cannot do. Think about that and have hope. 
at the very moment when we're struggling to pray and don't even know what we should be praying for, at the point of groans, that's the point where the Spirit is most clearly at work. So whatever is crying out from within you, dear church, dear church, God hears, God understands our groaning, and God groans too. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.